Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to John Kyle Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. Don't forget, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. And for one programming note, no Therapy Tuesday session on Tuesday night. We'll get back to that after the Dolphins game next week. And so there you go. Um, and today, what I'm going to do a lot of is not it's not a film review of Dallas, but using that game to see where can this and kind of using the knowledge from the previous games about will this defensive change actually help them? And why is it important? Well, I think to me, to be honest, and I'm going to get to this in a minute, but real quick on that, I think it's important because you have a lot of guys here. You need to decide about their future or you need to see it going forward, regardless of who's coaching. You want to see this. Can Percy Butler do it? What about Quan Martin? Guys like that, what, you know, how do they fit in and can this, what does this change do for them? We can look at the defensive end. You want to see those young guys. I think, can they progress to being a quality backups? Because to be honest, you need to get some good starters in here. And so who fits into that? Do you keep Casey Toohill or James with Williams, whatever, because both are free agents. So I think all that will be at play and to see, can they do it? Will this change help them? And then better help the organization better decide where they need to go in the offseason at a few different spots on defense. And then I also think it helps. It's going to help the offense, too, because the closer you keep a game, if you're playing better, then the better chance you have of giving the offense a chance to have more success. Got to make some plays to help them out. They don't make many plays, and that's a big problem. But if they can keep it closer, which they did against Dallas for three quarters, and it gives the offense a better chance to get it going. And maybe then they could make some noise and it just helps the overall thing. Again, not so much about wins or losses, but just for evaluation purposes going down the road. And one little note, like, no, you know, Frank Reich was fired by Carolina. I know a lot of you said, well, why didn't they just, why, you know, they, you guys wanted Rivera out a long time ago, but again, the Harris group is going to has, has been telling people all along and the season and the season and the season. There's no rush. You can't, you're not going to hire a coach first. Trust me on this. Every team is prepared with a list of names for if you're if you're going to look at a GM, you're going to look at a coach, you're going to have your list ready. There have been times where they've had a list ready and then they haven't made a change. So in previous organization, previous regime here, I would I'd be shocked. <laughs> I'd be shocked if they don't have a list of people ready for even if you don't need it, you're going to have names ready. Just like a team's going to have a list of players ready in case something happens, you're always going to have that to be prepared. So it's not like they're going to get to the end of the season and then start a mental search from there. They will already know what's going on. If they're four and eight, you don't think they have a list ready? Come on. So, but the point is, it's not going to put them behind. And you can't hire anybody right now. And you don't get your first dibs as as that. Now, if you wait a week after the season, then you lose out. But if you do it right away, then you're not losing out. And, you know, and then you can hire your GM right away if you need to. And then, so anyways, my point is there's patience. And I also think the big thing is you don't want David Tepper and you don't want Mark Davis as your owner. And those are the two owners who fire coaches. Not that it's always bad. I think it was good to fire Josh McDaniels. He was a problem. And I told you here, that's not the same situation. 
but those are not the owners you want to emulate. And so I think, you know, if you, for those who want a move like that to hold someone accountable, that's, those aren't, again, those aren't the guys you want to emulate. And I don't, I don't think that the Harris group would, would do that just for that reason. But um, anyways, just kind of want to bring that up, <clears throat> not, not to start that whole thing. Like we all, you know, right now they're four and eight. We know where this is going, barring some big turnaround. Um, but anyway, just want to go over that. So what I do want to talk about is what, how will this change make a difference? And one of the big things that especially this year that has been, and even actually it wasn't just this year. We, we all know that Jack Del Rio's favorite way to operate was with a four man rush and allowing the four man rush to apply pressure. So you can cover with seven in an ideal world. That's great. Like the Niners you use, have the one among the highest uh, rates of four man pass rushes but they have a terrific pass rush thanks in part to these guys, but they have a very good pass rush. So you can get that. But what they also do is some creative situations, right? And, you know, you can look at, for example, the Niners had, they would create some movement. There was a rush they had the other day where you have both Nick Bosa and Chase Young standing up over the guards and doing a little stunt. Now Bosa gets in there, Chase is not, but they both, but he's able, they're, they're able to push the pocket because of that. And I think they end up getting a sack on that play, but it's the pushing the pocket because you're getting some depth off, off those and then using guys in spots that can be creative. At times, there were a couple of times here, a couple of years ago, they used Chase a little bit like that, but not in conjunction with like Montez Sweat, for example. And, you know, but it and wasn't as effective, but they didn't do it a whole lot. And you didn't see a whole lot of it this year. You didn't see a lot of stunts. You didn't see a lot of blitzes that are just getting home or you see a lot of the overloads that teams like to run. It was just not a great pressure package. And a couple of years ago, we've I've talked about this, when Sweat and Young were hurt, what they did, more some more pa- pressure packages on third down, a little bit more creative on third down, and that helped. And it wasn't because... You know, James with Williams, Case Tulo were just great. They did what they're supposed to do. They did their jobs. They were solid, but it was the packages they used behind them. And then the secondary's ability to cover better than they are now really made a difference. They're not getting any of that now. So you're going to have to be a little bit more creative and you're going to have to take some chances. I think the hard part for that is this week, the quarterback you face in Tua Tunga Vailoa gets rid of the ball in 2.36 seconds. That's the fastest in the NFL. It's hard to run stunts in that kind of situation, unless you can get him to, unless you can play the pack, the, uh, the coverage behind it to make him hold the ball for a split second, then you might be able to get that. And there were a couple of times against Dallas where there was some of that, where I actually saw, Oh, Dak Prescott maybe was looking for something different and had to hold the ball for a split second. And it got him It allowed a stunt to get home, but that's what Dak will hold the ball a little bit longer at times. Cause he can, he can get down the field. So that helped that, but it's just sometimes that little bit of hesitation with Tua, you're not, it's going to be hard to get that. As, as someone here told me, it's, this is a true West coast offense where they want what they want to do. And you're getting rid of the ball in a hurry. And it's a really good job by Mike McDaniel as the coach with what they're doing. But anyway, so I want to go over some of that and just, you know, some of the things where I say, what can you take from that game against Dallas and apply it moving forward? and wanting to get more pressure packages. And there was, there was a third down and 11 in, in um, the second half 
think it was the first drive, second half, where you had, again, because too often in that game, and this is what has driven me a little bit crazy this year, but too many four-man rushes where all they're doing is asking you when you're one-on-one, when you're one-on-one. And that becomes very difficult. And linemen get used to you. Uh, there's no, you you make it kind of easy on them to me. And if you don't have the ends to really push that, to pinch the pocket, to force them back up inside, then I think it makes it even tougher. And that's the spot they're in now where you need to get some guys who can do that. And and it's just, it's not happening. I mean, you know, KJ Henry is like, he's, I think, can he be a good rotational guy? That's what you're going to have to hope. But I think he's got, he would have a long ways to go to be considered a guy that you could start, let's say, for example, next year, I'm going good to go out and get a couple ends and let those guys develop into quality rotational pieces that you can, that can help you. And there's nothing wrong with that because you need that. You absolutely need that too, as we've seen over the years here, but like there's, so that third and 11, Andre, Andre Jones gets to the middle and it's a stunt with, with Jonathan Allen and, and Jones gets to the middle. Prescott gets forced up. And as Jones is about to hit him, he has to dump it underneath. So third and 11 gets off the field because that gets it like a seven yard gain, but it's a good pressure and it's a good job at the stunt. But I like Jones doing that. Jones is a good athlete. Use him in an athletic situation. And so too often with those ends, you see them, they're getting moved out wide and creating um, pockets that I think um, are difficult and and they're very clean for, for, for Dallas, right? It's not, it's all the ends. It's just, it makes it harder. If you're trying to, Sometimes you're trying to turn that corner. If you're so intent on turning the corner, you start to round a little bit, right? And it just, there's these gaps that create get created. And then you have a situation where there's a little bit too much time in there as well. And then you have like, even on the lucky bounce play that Dallas had near the end of the first half. And this is how, this is how these games go sometimes, right? And so just a little bit of a side here. In that situation, you have the previous play, Deron Payne, tips a pass, bats a pass, or gets his hand on a pass. The ball kind of flutters to the ground. If it spin, if it goes a different way, maybe Cam Curl picks it off around midfield. Maybe he takes it in. I don't know. Maybe he gets into scoring range right away. But it doesn't fall harmlessly to the ground. On the next play, a good pressure, a good pressure on Prescott. You have a five-man rush. Uh, Prescott gets chased to the right. You got Cam Curl coming up. Now, on this play, Cam's coming up, but he kind of kind of goes low. And I almost wonder if it doesn't mess with the guy's head, like, oh, I've got to go low and kind of go down there and, and be careful because I don't want to draw a penalty. He wasn't, he didn't impact the throw necessarily, but it's a good defensive play. And the ball bounces up and Dallas gets it. But it's a good play by the defense to get to that point. So it was one of the few times where the pressure certainly got to Prescott. But can you do a little bit more of that? And like, you know, that's unlucky at the end, but the ability to be a little bit more aggressive and send somebody is something that is is definitely needed for this defense. And I do think they'll do more of that, but I just don't know how much and how much in this game. But you're going to have to listen, man. It hasn't worked. So you're going to have to try something. And if it doesn't work, guess what? You're probably you you're not going to come back anyway. So if it, if you can come in and change a little bit to get a little bit more, um, whether it's creative pressures or whatever, then that can help you going forward, right? If you want to keep your job, that's probably the way you're going to have to do it. Because just doing this and not sending a lot of pressure is not going to get it done. 
And again, I think the hard part with Tua is he does get rid of the ball fast. So there's certain things that will be hard to do. And, you know, if you mess, if you miss on that, Tariq Hill is going for seven. So, you know, that's the hard part here. The Adventure Park at Sandy Springs Holiday Sale is here. Save 30% or more on climbing and zip lining gift certificates, season passes, axe throwing packages, and more. Our families have enough stuff. This year, give the gift of experience and adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, there is something for everyone. Visited already this year? The courses evolve with the trees around them so each experience has something new to offer. Named Best Amusement Park in the DMV two years in a row, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. This is their biggest sale of the year and purchases never expire. While the sale runs until Christmas Day, the earlier you buy, the bigger the savings. The perfect gift for families, coworkers, and friends alike is waiting for you at www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. That's www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. And that's K-E-I-M. But then you look at the first drive of the fourth quarter, and I like this one because Dallas doesn't anticipate it. And wow, what, what a concept, right? You have John Allen just... Angles to the right, takes two guys with them. Here comes Jamin Davis through the middle. It's a third down three. You have um, someone else come from the outside, and Prescott off balance throws. It's incomplete. Tight end can't. Tight end has to try and get a low ball. Can't get it. You're getting off the field. So that's the stuff that happens. I think that was um, that was the first drive of the fourth fourth quarter. But that's the stuff that happens when you're able to pl- apply pressure, and they didn't do it enough. Because too often in that game, and it's again, over the course of the season, it has been not enough consistent pressure, but I also think you make it hard on your linemen and you make it easy on their linemen when all you do is just rush forward, rush forward, rush forward. And I think, you know, and again, those guys are smarter than I am, but what I've seen is the results, right? And we've seen the results and it hasn't, it had, they haven't gotten the results that, that they wanted because that's why they had to make a change. And you know, and I know it's not like, listen, you take Sweat and Young out of there. Those guys can do that. You know, that's what they do. But when you don't have that, then you have to find other ways to apply that pressure. And that's what I wonder if they'll be able to do that. And then again, how much, I mean, again, I don't know that there's, there's, because if you don't play sound behind it, it's not going to matter. You might be able to get some stuff, but you're going to give up stuff. But I think at this point, you're going to have to live with whatever the results are because you need to get something done. And so when you don't have those guys, you have to be able to manufacture. And this is why I have liked watching Dallas this year. And you watch what the Niners have done a couple of times and I've seen some clips, but they are not, the Dallas will put Micah Parsons in positions to succeed all the time. And if not him, then he's going to take, like he's, that guy's willing to help with stunts and take and be the, the pick man essentially and help someone else, free someone else up. Cause eventually that's better for him because now you're, you know, it just creates a lot of headaches for defense for an offense. But you see Washington's guards all the time, or their linemen all the time, you know, not all the time, but enough times where like a guy, you know, there's a stunt, guy comes inside, they didn't anticipate it or they couldn't get to it. 
And, and it's like, why not do more of that when you can? And it's certainly against Dallas, I think I would have done a little bit more of that because I felt like it was effective when they were able to bring some pressure. And again, it's not just about rushing five, six guys. You can send four, but do some do some games. Do something different with that. You can drop a guy. We've seen the overloads, the simulated pressures, those kind of things. Um, and so I think that stuff will help. But will it be enough? Because when you look at behind them, What's going on? And one of the things that you hear about when when Ron Rivera talked, and he even talked about, you know, kind of simplifying some of their checks and all that. And one of the things you would hear from from people is that is there too much that they had to do, too much they had to know? Did the rules change too often? Because you hear all all that stuff, right? And I know there was a sense like the deeper of a hole they were digging for themselves, the harder I think maybe the more that was put on them or change to try and help dig out of it is all about digging out of that hole. But did it get too deep down into that, that situation where maybe you, maybe you have to pair back, which is what they say they're going to do. And anytime there's a change like that, you always hear, you got to make it simple, make a pair, pair it back. You can only, you can't play simplistic coverages because the NFL is too sophisticated, but you can help by allowing them. The one thing where you see defenses play fast, no, it's all that they have all these fast guys. It's because they play fast and it's because they have less clutter in their heads. And it's because the rules of a defense are clear and what their and their assignments are clear. And when this happens, you do this. And when that happens, you do that. And when you know that you play faster because you're playing more mentally free. And I just don't think, I think too often, too often here, what you're seeing is guys who, you know, you see some guys doing this and one guy doing that. And why is that? And it leads to a big play. It might be sometimes it's an edge. Maybe the guy's not setting the edge. Where some where if the end isn't supposed to set the edge on this play, why isn't somebody else coming down? And sometimes are you, know, you in a cover four with a backside safety's got to come down? Why aren't you there? What was not communicated in this situation, or what rule did you were you applying that maybe does it that didn't maybe apply in that situation? All that stuff, but it's like when it happens, you, it leads to it leads to confusion. It leads to mistakes, and that's what we've seen. So if they compare it down a little bit, but well, you know, like Benjamin St. Juiced, how much can that help him? Um, you know, I think for him, it's always been just a coverage thing, right? It's not. I mean, the kid, the kid has some talent. He was developing nicely the first couple of years. It's not like he's going to be, you know, I don't. I think the kid can play, right? <clears throat> but in what? way right can he play is it it's not about going to more man i think that's where they've had some struggles but can you what kind of corner can he be going forward that's what i want to see from him and just like how he goes over the next five games where does he fit in this because he's a guy that you thought would be a guy that would start for them for the next few years is that still the case and so you know i think again he can help you but you have to see like how what's the best way to use him and sometimes, you know, he does, have, he's had, uh, we've seen the coverage issues. I think he's a smart kid, but there's sometimes where, you know, um, he gets caught sometimes what's he supposed to do, what's he supposed to, you know, who is he, what is he supposed to do, whatever. And there was even, you know, sometimes is it a technique issue or is it just, I don't, what is it? There was one time in one of the first plays of the game where CD Lamb is open deep, falls incomplete, but part of it is, you know, he does, he, open, you know, he's about eight yards off at the line, which is fine. You know, so every team has that coverage, believe it or not. And the Eagles are one of the ones who do it a lot. So they're pretty good. So, but anyways, I'm just bringing it up. But on the play, like he is, you watch him and Kendall Fuller on both sides and how they play the same coverage. 
And Fuller on the other side does a side shuffle right away. Benjamin does a little bit of a backpedal, then do a side shuffle. But that's okay because he's still in good shape. But you watch when when Kendall starts to run with the receiver, it's Brandon Cooks on the other side, fast dude. Well, he's about Cooks is about four or so yards from Kendall, four to five yards, when Kendall starts to just turn and go, not with his eyes on the quarterback, maintaining vision on quarterback and receiver. And and he cooks, he's got cooks. But with St. Juice, he was about two yards or so from when he let Lamb get that close to him. Then he tries to run, and then it's too late. It's just too late for him. Lamb is going to be, you know, Lamb's got him at that point. And so sometimes it's just a matter of it's not that he can't do it. It's about when do you do it. So that's one thing I'd like to see from him is when do you do it and when do you turn and go and how does that help you and can that be a thing? You also have to hope, you know, like what do you do? Do you make a change at safety? Do you do you what do you put Quan Martin in for Percy Butler? The only problem with that is Quan Martin, and he's played some deep, but Butler's played more deep. Quan has done a nice job in the slot at times, um, and you can kind of put him there. But is that something you would do? Because you know, you look at Butler, and there's sometimes he does a really nice job, and then other times he's he's the last line of defense. And when he makes a mistake, it's glaring. And there have been a, there have been certainly a couple of those that. Is it a young thing and what can he learn? Is that something that you can help him with, with, you know, clarifying assignments sometimes, but sometimes it's not even just about, sometimes he's in kind of the right spot. It's more, you know, are your shoulders open, right? Are you Are you square or are you turned a little bit like on the touchdown to Cooks in the first half um, against Dallas? Like, you know, you, you've got to be a little more square so you can react to either side, right? But he kind of gave up a side and then Cooks goes inside. Another time there was one where um, the play before halftime, I think it was a 31-yard pass down to the corner where, you know, the reaction's got to be a little bit quicker because that's what you're back there for. And he has good speed. He's got good speed. If he uses I think sometimes it's about do you trust your instincts right now? And I think that's one thing I think he's probably – to be honest, in coverage, I wonder if he's got to get used to that a little bit or has to get used to that. But that's something you have to look at. Do you do something there? And I don't, I don't know that they would. But if you you but Quan Martin, I will say, has done a better job. Now, the other day he gave up a touchdown to to CD Lamb. I also thought he did a good job against him at other times. And and there's um one play where I put that up now where you see like you know, he's covering Lamb in the slot. He did that a few times. Lamb comes off and he's got, and one thing I like about Martin, he has patient feet. Lamb gets into him and he's physical, it breaks out, but Martin's not budged and he goes with him and he forces Dak into a, a high throw and just a nice job. Now, later in the game, Lamb gets into him and creates separation. But I felt like there were times where I felt like Martin did a nice job in there, still a raw kid as far as still a developing player by, by, you know, of course. Um, but I felt like he did an okay job in that area and something you can build on. And is that a guy that you want to get in there a little bit more to see? I mean, he's, he has a reputation of being a smart kid. I mean, I like Butler's speed back there. And I felt like over, even last couple weeks, he had some plays that were pretty good, but the misses are glaring. And I think that's the thing. Can they help him with that? Will this change make a difference with that? Well, does it, if you can simplify some of those coverage and the coverage rules, does that help these guys play a little bit more sound? But sometimes it's not about like confusion. Sometimes it's about trusting your instincts, trusting what you see. This is what you see. This is what you don't see. And pay attention to what you see and 
that should trigger where you then need to go. Sounds simple from sitting from here, man. It's really easy sitting here, but that's what they, I think that's what they have to hope he can get to. And because then if you do that, then you have a chance to, again, for, it's not just improving the D and like, can they make the plus? No, of course it's not about that at this point. It's about how does Butler fit into this defense into this organization's plans moving forward. And I know it's going to all depend on who's even here next year. We don't know, but do you want to know, can this kid play? What about Quan Martin? Does he, is he going to offer something? Because, you know, right now we don't know. And so you, I'd like to see that for their sake, moving forward, just to get a better evaluation. That's why this period is important. It's about some of those young guys. And I know it's not going to be all young guys, as Rivera said on Monday, they're not just going to play young guys just to play them. I think there's got to be guys who you think can factor moving forward, regardless of who's here. You've got to find out some of these guys. And so that's why I think like, do the, will this change make any difference? And I'll be curious to see what the impact at, at in the secondary is with Kristen Garcia having a more, a bigger role. I've heard some good things about him. And I know that, you know, one of the things that you'd hear, like they want more teaching back there. Um, so we'll see if that makes a difference or not. Um, you know, but there again, I think it's the missed assignments. And does that go back to needing to pare down, needing to tweak the rules and get it more, I don't want to say basic, but more in line and, and consistent. The consistent rules. When I remember when Jim Hazlitt was here, one of the things that you'd hear from players, the rules change all the time. When you change rules all the time, it leads to confusion. It leads to eight guys, 10 guys doing this, one guy doing that. Eight guys doing this, three guys doing that. So and the other thing I liked about Martin too, there's one time where he's covering Cooks. Cooks goes in motion. He goes with Cooks. So it looks like man coverage, and it is. However, Cooks goes the outside. What I like about Martin, there was no hesitation lines up over CD lamb because cooks is the outside and you have Kendall Fuller outside, just a good job, just a good job in coverage, just to know what he's supposed to do. And like, if you can pare things down and help like that, then you have a chance to be a better defense, but you get a better chance then to analyze the players that you need that this organization may need going forward, regardless of who is in charge. So, that's about all I got, folks, because there's not a whole lot more to talk about. I was just really curious when you're watching this game. It wasn't about watching the Dallas game again. It's about trying to pick out what can they do going forward and, you know, what will help. So I think I made that point already. And that's it. Got nothing else, folks. So um, I'll talk to you next time. I'll be back with another episode. Probably, I think it's Wednesday or Thursday morning. I apologize. This is because of an off week, crazy week. Um, but I will have another one Wednesday or Thursday. So talk to you next time.